Welcome to a Writer in Italy podcast. I am Michelle Johnston, the host and dreamer behind this podcast. The general plan is to share a book I wrote about a trip to Italy I took about five years ago. This trip turned into the book In the Shadow of a Cyprus, an Italian adventure that I wrote shortly after. Not only will I be sharing my book, but musings on Italy, travel, inspirations, books and authors I have admired along the way. This will grow and evolve over future episodes. I had the idea to share this book as a way to honour the journey, no matter what form it takes. Women's journeys have always fascinated and inspired, so I am taking a leap in that direction. In the Shadow of a Cyprus is a book about a mother, me, who decides after many years of parenting and juggling life that she needs to recharge and make something wonderful happen for herself. It's about taking a solo journey in the middle of a happy, messy life and giving oneself the gift of travel, of seeing and being in a foreign country, of taking the time to savour the delights of the culture, the food, the vina nobile and the smorgasbord of delights that Italy is. This book is based on my personal experience and is a chapter of my journey as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, as a creative, as a writer, as an artist. In the Shadow of a Cyprus is a truthful account of what it means to be all of these things at once. This book is a weaving of diary entries and musings on Italy and life. I will at some stage publish this book, but first, as an avid audio listener, I thought this could be an interesting little experiment. And yes, it possibly needs more editing, and the first chapter I share, well, I don't know that I took a breath for the first 20 minutes, but if you can live with that and put up with my inability to speak Italian very well when I translate words, then we are on our way. I am giving this a go regardless of my fears of my voice and many other shortcomings, because really as artists, we have to take risks and trust the ideas that present themselves along the way, like creating a podcast. I would like to thank Richard, who not only composed the music accompanying my words, but put up with me raving on about going to Italy for a very long time. And also to my girls, Madeline, Grace and Olivia, who at the time were 14, 10 and 5. Thank you so much for taking it in your stride that I disappear for a bunch of weeks. Maddie's only caveat being that I could go as long as she came next time. A reasonable request, I believe. So thank you for listening and please subscribe if you enjoy coming along for the journey. You can visit my website, michellejohnston.net, for any show notes and ruminations on art, travel and life. And feel free to donate to support this podcast if that works for you. We begin in Rome and salute to honouring the cause of the spirit. Welcome to podcast number 11 on this fine summer's day. The breeze is floating through the house and I am planning on leaving the windows open so enjoy the bird sound. It's too lovely to close so bear with me in other words. I am sharing the last chapter of my book In the Shadow of a Cypress. It is a small chapter yet I will be back in the new year with some more conversations and ideas. One I was thinking about on a memoir the idea just came to me this morning that I could share some some talk and books that I've loved on writing this share will be titled on memoir I know nothing or the art of paying attention
But first things first, Rome, the finale. The quote for this chapter comes from the Academy Award-winning Italian film Cinema Paradiso from 1998. If you have no faith in me, have faith in what you see. All show notes can be found at michellejohnston.net. You can follow me at Insta. My handle is a writer in Italy. So here's to the last chapter. And at the end of this show, I may include some end notes on some ideas and inspiration around Rome, some books to read that I found really cool that I've read since I was there last. And I hope you enjoy this last chapter. It's light and it's fun. Thank you for joining me today. I adore the spirit of Rome. It feels like such an achievement to make it here, back to Piazza Navona, after the many hoops to jump through when leaving the mountainside of Amalfi. And yes, they have given me the same room next to the breakfast space with the red bench seats and the faux Philip Stark Louis ghost chairs. Oh, why not? We have to enter the rooms via this little walkway that also doubles as a serving place for la colazione. Breakfast. Rather tricky, leaving in the morning and manoeuvring via guests, tucking into their frittata and blood orange juice. Not to worry. After a much-needed shower, I am revived and cheerful enough and desperate for some fine food. Out towards Piazza Navona, I am accosted by a waiter named Elvis on the street in front of Il Ristorante. I surrender to the whole thing and take a table out on the veranda for an al fresco dining experience. I know it is really tourist hour. No normal Italian would be here to eat Chenna right now, yet I am too hungry to care. I am, after all, a tourist. Best to surrender to that. Elvis tells me his homeland is Albania, but has come to Italy for a better life. I am keen to sit and just chill and write in my journal and get some notes down, but he's keen to chat and wants to know about my writing. Elvis shares he wants to write his story one day, feels he's got something important to get down. I get this and try my earnest to listen, but I am feeling so worn from the day and want to fold inwards. Soon a plate of fettuccine carbonara and some fried zucchini blossoms stuffed with mozzarella arrive at the table. A half-litre of Vienna Rosso is plonked onto the tablecloth and more sincere conversation with Elvis. Eventually, he gets my vibe. I smile and begin to laugh because he asks me if I am Russian. This is not the first time in my life I've been asked this. About 20 years ago, I worked in the mini casino room at the famous Bondo Hotel on Bondi Beach and was quizzed a number of times if I had Russian heritage from the local Russian community, in fact. Only in Bondi, and Italy it appears. I am remembering the conversation with the Salonian down at the railway only a few hours ago, and his issues with his girlfriend, Potalina. Anyway, the food is okay, a bit heavy. The blossoms are very salty. This would be a good plate to share, I think to myself. This is it for me. I think after all of my drinking of Chianti wines, Salonian wines, this just doesn't really hit the spot. Maybe I am done. This could be my cue. Oh my, my last night in Rome. Finito. 
Suddenly, molto esosto, I decide to wander about a bit, take in the ambience of the twilight and contemplate my ordinary life as pointed out to me recently that I am returning to. The truth is I love the ordinary days, floating about, peace ebbs simplicity at its heart. I am returning to spring in all of its splendour, I am happy. And if anything, I take home with me a feeling of perspective and a sense of boldness. That I can do this if I want to, and if I need to. I can honour my spirit along the way. No need to box myself up in a conventional life. Certainly, parts of my life are conventional, but I do feel an openness to the adventure. At the end of the day, passion and curiosity keeps the blood flowing, keeps the rose colour in my cheeks and the sparkle in my eye. And if anything, a warm heart and a deep desire to share the magic someday with my girls and Richard, that is the gift of this journey. Day 17 or 18, I can't really remember. What to do and where to begin. I am in Piazza della Rotonda. I am planning to wander from one beautiful piazza to another beautiful piazza this morning. What a treat this Italy is. I am delighted to sit with my cappuccino and my journal and just people watch. A day to go with the flow, a day to wander about observing this fabulous city and just enjoy. My flight will take me from Fumicino Airport and return to Abu Dhabi and then on to Brisbane, Australia and then a third flight down to Canberra. Believe it or not, the capital city of Australia does not at this stage have an international airport base, only domestic options. I guess, considering it is a small city, you can fly to Sydney in 20 minutes. The Pantheon is in my sight again and what a magnificent beauty she is. Such a delicious spot to sit with morning cappuccino and journal. I can daydream a little. It is strange that I am still integrating my stay in Amalfi, still oddly questioning myself. Was it the slowing down that unhinged me a little? Or the sea? The changing landscape and that isolating position up on the hill? Or maybe Amalfi wasn't just for me? I don't know. There were definitely things I liked about it. And it was certainly an experience, a grand adventure. Rome feels like an old friend by now, familiar, friendly and fabulous. My days in Amalfi, a smorgasbord of little adventures for the tasting, and Rome similar in its opportunity to dazzle and outdo. First, Campo de Fiori, then perhaps a little wander along the Tiber, and then over to Trastevere and then perhaps a visit to the spiritual nucleus of Rome, that hub of religious fervour for the seeker and the believer, Vatican City. A little pilgrimage around St Peter's Basilica would be nice. For me, a day to reflect and explore, hoping to leave a generous imprint in the memory vault, enough to hold on to until next time. I hope my chances of returning haven't dimmed, considering my inability to throw a coin in the famous Trevi Fountain, considering it's being reconstructed and all. Oh, I think the big black pebble I threw into the blue sea at Amalfi will seal the deal with this place. And maybe I have made up for it with the countless candles I have lit and bestowed a prayer to. I surely hope so. It seems absolutely crazy that this is my last lunch in Italy 
and there will be no Vino Rosso or Vino Bianco as my companion. Yet, with all of the flying I will be doing in the next 24 hours, it would be a dumb move, I know that much. Certainly, the impending airports and baggage thing is in the back of my mind, but I have had a glorious morning. I love Campo di Fiori. Campo di Fiori translates to Field of Flowers. It is a buzzing square with overflowing cafes in the Centro Storico, the heart of Rome. I spent some time haggling over a pair of silver earrings at a little market just beyond Piazza Farnese. Eventually, he got after me after pursuing some jewellery under a large umbrella, a counter-offer. Five euros! I wandered back and handed it over with a chuckle. There was no way I was spending twelve. They were made in Nepal, ironically enough, but light and pretty, and I know I will get much pleasure from them. I put the earrings in my handbag. Not that many euros left in my petite red wallet now. This is it. I love the market, the colours, the food. And even though I had plenty at the breakfast buffet, just all of that fruit on view lured me. I bought a cup of fruit salad while looking in the stalls. I stopped for another cappuccino sitting at the table, looking over the piazza with the classic red gingham tablecloth. And then on over to Ponte Sisto and onto the little area of Trastevere. I find myself at another table at a perfect trattoria on a medieval street just around the corner from the Basilica di Santa Maria. This neighbourhood feels earthy, old, gritty, and yet perfectly itself, vibrant and at ease. The waiter nearly trips over himself when I say no to the request of a wine list. I nearly trip over myself, but I hold on to my fortitude. I have definitely enjoyed myself this trip. Oh my, lavish lunches and local delights. I have barely pulled back, so this is not a worry. Yet today's pasta and insulata mista will not be shared with some local grapes, but just the good old sparkling aqua minerale. There are a few tourists milling about. Most of the people at this trattoria, in fact, seem to be visitors. When I walked down around the Daiba and across to the Ponte Sisto, I had this thought. We need a little independence, at times. We were born in that state. Yet why do we cling on to this belief that to enjoy ourselves, to feel good, that we need somebody to reflect the experience back at us, to share? Why can't we just hold on to it in our own heart? One has to find the balance. To give and to take and to respect yourself at the end of the day, enough to look after your own happiness. There is something in that. A holy yes to your own inner journey. No one can give you that. Only you unto yourself. Once upon a time, many, many years ago, I was in a bus travelling out of Seattle in America and on to San Francisco. I had just purchased a book called The Right to Write by Julia Cameron. It was her recent book at the time. I sat there feeling freedom and peace on the journey that day. A book in my hand, a journey unfolding I was reflecting and wondering why I had this idea in my head that I would have a child at 25. I had not long ago just turned 23 and realised that all I really wanted to do was go to university and study in the visual arts department. I finally had the courage to follow my own true north, after an eternity of flailing really. Yet I was wondering, all in all, why this little line was floating so close to the surface. I wrote the words in my journal, Baby at 25 admitting the carefree thought in my travel journal 
and let it slip away, folding the page over and thinking it seemed far away really. And that is the way it rolls, me looking back with a sense to question the moment, but the knowing bubbles up and it says, it is just the way it was meant to be. And so I juggle my time, my creativity, my family life, my garden, my art, my writing, my inspirations, all of it under the umbrella of my own happiness. I lit my last candle in the church of Santa Maria, a magnificent old beauty in the heart of Trevor Steady. A toothless old gypsy lay on the step, cara cara, she repeated, holding a cup to fill, with whatever donation one would pass up. I never know what the respectable thing to do is with the gypsies. I'm often a little bewildered. The divine mosaic located in the apse of the church is decorated in rich golds. Created by Pietro Cavallini, this stunning mosaic dominates the space when you enter the church. Standing still, my feet solid, firmly planted on the ground, I am in awe once again. I came to Italy to throw myself into moments like this. Thank you, Italy, for the light that you share. This 13th century beauty is exquisitely designed and influenced by the Byzantine period. Dedicating my last candle to my bookwork and my deep desire to write more books and for faith in my creativity being my final wish. Send me a sign, Carter. I bid you farewell. And also, I felt a feeling of gratitude to G and C who live down the road. After a discussion of writing tools and journals for writing one day a few weeks before this journey, they both bestowed me a gift, a fine gift, my first moleskin diary. I was secretly thrilled that someone understood the importance of this vital piece of equipment. I am now a convert considering they gave me this journal to use in honour of my trip. Such a beautiful journal lined with cream pages, a place to capture, to dream, to translate. When C said to me, I will light a candle for your journey. Some part of me knew in my heart that I would be safe, that all of this would turn out all right. Leaving my girls for three weeks, my three girls for three weeks, was a big deal for me, a risk in itself. I have been blessed on this journey. A piece of green adventuring crystal floating around in my bag from Angie, so similar to the word adventure. The generosity of heart in Richard, who has put up with me rattling on about this for many years, his only prerequisite that I save all of the money, a fair request in light of financial realities, and my favourite quote from him not long before I left, I'll be glad, Shell, when you get this out of your system. I actually started to laugh, thinking to myself, what? I just renewed my passport. The window is definitely open now. Josephine and a generous hug and a bon voyageo as a kindred spirit to the heartland of her mother country and the wishes of friends and family bidding me safe journey. Although it does not stop there, it flutters in my heart and the myriad of thoughts each day and the years beyond. It falls through my fingers, typing a line on the keyboard. It follows me around, wanting me to scroll it down. It asks me to remember and it wants me to know that this is just the beginning and not the end. Rumi, the 13th century Persian poet once said, out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. 
I will meet you there. And so we shall. So there you are. That is the end of the journey. The journey that sometimes you have to make. That was a little bit intense actually, trying to read that aloud. Reading and sharing and realizing how important it is to take the time to write it down and to take the time to be in awe that life life if you are living it well you have to have those moments because otherwise what's it all for I just wanted to say that I am going to share some highlights and books on Rome but I think I'm just going to put it on the website I feel a little exhausted actually I've got to walk up to school and get a child in about 15 minutes and I want to share more I know that much so visit michellejohnston.net for the show notes and I will add in some fun stuff about Rome oh I'm just gonna say it you know what surprised me? There's one book that surprised me. Now, it's easy for this person to get the people to read his book. Oh, gee, that sounded a little, um, what's the word? A little, can't, I cannot think of the word now, of course. Pessimistic? No, wasn't that. Anyway, it's easy for this person possibly to get published maybe that's what I'm thinking however I really really enjoyed this book it was the book written by Luca Spaghetti in Rome he shared his life and his inspirations about going to New York about meeting Elizabeth Gilbert and this book is actually full of heart and that's what surprised me I mean, I don't know why it surprised me, but I really loved how he he just shared his childhood. His mother, no, no, his nonna, told him that the name Spaghetti would bring him good luck, even though as a kid he was tortured by it. Spaghetti in Italy. And it is funny when in the book Eat, Pray, Love, she does talk about meeting Luca Spaghetti but they become good friends and are still friends to this day. And I think that's a very cool story. So when I read the book, I borrowed it from the library, in fact. La Amico. Oh, I'm gonna have to get my phone. Although it's getting, it's getting charged up. I will leave it in the show notes. It is by Lucas Spaghetti, and it's a wonderful book. In fact, there's a second one. And if Audible is listening, if Audible is interested, I've got three ideas for audio for you. One would be that book, because it's very funny. And that's what I liked about it as well. It is not only light and happy and a wonderful share, it's quite funny. And I reread it the other day before I took it back to the library. I had, I had re-borrowed it three times. You know, I'd probably had it for three months. And I've been waiting and waiting to take a little detail from the end when he talks about crossing the pedestrian in Rome, how that you take your life into your own hands when you do that. Even a Roman man feels that way. Never mind me, in chapter two, 
I think podcast number two, sharing that I thought I was going to die in the middle of Rome that day. I thought it was just me being a tourist that I was scared. But in fact, you do take on destiny when you cross a pedestrian in Rome. I cannot wait to go back to Rome. Soon. Don't tell Richard I said that. He's still getting over um, our trip in March. If I say anything about going on a trip, he rolls his eyes. So, in fact, if I am meant to go on a trip, it's going to have to be, um, it's going to have to be by donation, I think. I'm such a dreamer. Anyway, that's what got me here, being a dreamer. And what did Epicus say? I'm going to go get my phone. Hang on, I'm pressing pause. Two seconds. I've got 11 minutes to the school bell, but that's okay. Epictetus once said, if you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. Well, maybe I should call the podcast that because I have to admit, whenever I start waxing away, I slightly become unhinged. It's very challenging to get these things right. There will be no way I will be invited to breakfast radio. That I know, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. I never really wanted to be a radio presenter anyway. And while I've got my phone, I'm going to look it up now. What is the book by Lucas Spaghetti called? I had to take it back to the library, sadly, as I just said. Okay. The book is by Penguin Books in Australia. Well done, Penguin. Okay. It is called Un Amico Italiano. Eat, Pray, Love in Rome. That's what it's called. And I believe there is a second book of his out, which is brilliant. I haven't read it yet, but I will. Now, the other thing I was thinking about sharing was, is it Elizabeth Mincilli? Okay, I think I should just stop. We're not getting very far, especially after sharing the wonders of the end of the book. I will be back soon. That we do know. Thank you for coming along for the journey. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for making the time to turn up and be with me. I love that. It means a lot. And lastly, a little post-production detail for you is that Luca's second book is Anything is Possible. There you are. I went on a little mission. I discovered that the word I was looking for was skeptical. Sad but true. And I'm okay with keeping this detail in here because we all have skepticism at times. I was also thinking that there is an interesting detail from his first book, Un Amico Italiano, that he was a little skeptical about meeting this American woman from New York, a writer called Elizabeth Gilbert. So we all have a little skepticism every now and then. But truthfully, I was probably just a little envious. So the last thing I'm going to share before I sign off it is just before Christmas. I'm in the middle of making biscotti, my favorite thing to make and share around. The recipe is in fact on my website, so you can go for a little look there. The next episode, episode number 12, I will be sharing a conversation I had with Ashley Bartner from the farm in and cooking school, La Tavola Marquez. You may already know her from her podcast, aptly named podcast from Italy that she and her husband Jason co-host. We talk about what it was like to start a new life in Italy, moving from New York and creating a cooking school and a beautiful world in the region of La Marche. So join me in the new year for season number two 
on the podcast, A Writer in Italy. Until then, arrivederci and happy, wonderful holidays. Blessings your way.